Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Y'all, I'm excited uh, for you to get to know the guests that we have today. I know Logan is as well. And I'll tell you, when I think about our guest today, I, there, there are a couple principles and attributes that come to my mind for, uh, for this guy and this man. Uh, and a couple of them are visionary, he's focused, he's dedicated, and I like the word Caesar of opportunity. And that's what I think of whenever I think of Adam Johnson. Adam, thank, it, thank you and uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Anytime I can get on a podcast and help people, it's much appreciated. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we, we appreciate you joining us today. And I, I know you from high school. We kind of go back uh, to, to small town Baldwin, Mississippi. But since yes, then, sir. both you and I have, have left Baldwin and have grown from there. Um, had a military career. You're an author now. You're an entrepreneur, man. Uh, take us on the journey. How, how did you go from small town Mississippi to where you are now? I probably took the most unconventional road you can travel. Um, joined the military out of high school. Uh, liked what I did for a little while. I ended up going special forces. I was in special forces for about 13 years from 2005 in training to I got out of the army in 2018. Uh, while in special forces, I had a little bit of free time uh, toward the end of my career. And I started getting in real estate. Uh, you know, it was, it was a crawl, walk, run, build up. I didn't just, you know, wake up and have 20, 15, 30 houses. We, uh, we, we opened our business, my wife and I. Um, started learning how to acquire rental properties uh, in a unique way called Subject 2. And fast forward and now we're here, you know, financially free, working with people, um, doing YouTube, you know, like you said, author, writing book, uh, books and uh, it's really rewarding it's really awesome to be able to give back when you come from such humble beginnings it's it's crazy to think that you know i look at you as well to think that we're here right now i wouldn't have anticipated that 20 25 years ago yeah so what what, what interested you about real estate Why real estate? you know um i bought my first house in 07 to live in not not as an investment and then of course we all see the the hgtv uh, TV shows and how cool and easy they make flipping houses look. And I'm like, I can do that. Um, fast forward because I, my military career was very active. Um, it wasn't until 2014 about my first house or my first investment property. Um, I learned quickly it was not that easy. I learned quickly they don't show you everything behind the scenes. Um, I made every mistake you can make uh, in your first deal. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a complete loss. I learned many lessons from that, from that first uh, flip. And like I said, man, we just we just keep on going. We just keep buying houses and keep helping people out of bad situations. And if I can help them help us, why not? Yeah. Well, AJ, I see you a lot on social media. You have a lot on YouTube. You got some great educational videos there whenever it comes to helping people in real estate. And I also see it on Facebook and those kind of things. And I think people can easily see you now and the success that you have right now, but you, you talked about some failures right there. Um, talk to us a little bit about success through failures. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you're going to learn way more from failing than you will an easy win. You're going to learn so much more. Um, I, I like to uh, subscribe to Gary V and what he says, you know, he, he likes to lose because he learns from that and it never happens again. I have never lost the same way twice. I have lots and lots of failures, but never the same one twice. Um, and, I, you know, I think back to my very first few days of starting to invest, I chased every shiny object, any lead that came in, no matter, you know, I didn't filter through the good or bad ones. Um, if the phone rang, I was at their house an hour, hour and a half. And if, 
it just it wasn't a good practice. You know, um, I, I believe in niche, finding your niche. And that's another big failure I had early on is, I, like I said, I chased everything. I, if it was a wholesale, if it was a, a land development, if it was a $50,000 flip, no matter what it was, I started chasing it and I had no idea what I was doing. So um, we could do two hours on my failures if you want to spend <laughs> a lot of time on that. I've got, I've got the track record, but each failure has never happened again. And anytime I fail at something, I put it into my contracts or into my principles or into my flow chart. So it never happens again. Mm, that's good, man. I, I love that. And, you know, we, uh, Logan and I talked a lot on here about, you know, people say experience is the best teacher, but it's evaluated experience that is the best teacher. And you taking the time to dig the nuggets out and the lessons out really kind of set you up for success there. And, um, man, I'm with you there on the SOS, the shiny object syndrome. I, I get that. And uh, it, it's tough to go away from that. I'm, I'm kind of curious, what, what led, you said um, subject two is your, is your niche. Kind of how did you find that niche? And what was well, the process there? So I'll tell you, you know, starting my first year, um, I was all about flipping houses. You know, all I knew was how to semi-evaluate backwards math on a flip. So if 200,000 minus 10% for realtor minus 20,000, you know, I could do my backwards math. So when a person would call me and say, hey, Adam, you know, bought my house two months ago, I'm thinking there's clearly no equity in that. So I, could, I couldn't work with that. So, uh, you know, I'd go to the RIA meetings, the investor association meetings, you know, locally and talk to people, you know, picking their brain getting on the websites and, you know, trying to, to research certain things. And that's where I stumbled upon subject two, which what that means is if, you know, it's a unique way to buy properties. It's a unique way to acquire an asset. And what I do with subject two is I literally purchase or own a property subject to the mortgage thing with the seller. And then I pay the mortgage for that seller directly to Wells Fargo, Penny Mac, you name it. Um, so the deed will transfer from said owner to my business, Johnson Property Investments, and then we will service that loan indefinitely uh, while we have a renter in the property. So um, it's a unique way. So that way, you know, to get back to what I said about, you know, the no equity, if a person has no equity and they bought the house two months ago, I can still take over the property. I can pay their mortgage of 1000 I can get a renter for $1,300, $1,350. Everybody wins. Mm, that's good. That's good. And I, I like that. And I want to go back to one other thing you, you mentioned about your kind of learning through failures. Um, I'm curious to hear what you learned about yourself going through some of those failures. Um, I learned, I've always been a high energy guy. I think you remember that from football. Uh, that's who I am. That's not a, that's not necessarily a great concept when you're when you're in business, you gotta put the pull the reins back. Sometimes in the in the military, we call that a pregnant pause. We call it you know stop and assess the situation. And I did that while in the army, but I never had a person teach me that out here in the civilian sector slash business world. So again, jumping to to jumping on opportunities that I wasn't ready for, chasing every potential lead. Um, you have to harness that energy and focus that energy, you know, and and really put your put your blinders on and. Give all of your effort to one thing, one at, one at a time, and you'll be so much better, so much better in, in every aspect. Mm. Well, you think, you're talking some think and grow rich right there. I like that. I love that. Man, I love I, that book. I could chase, I mean, I could, we could do probably an hour just on the, the rabbits that I want to chase right now from just, <laughs> just, your, just your intro. Uh, but, I, I mean, one thing that just jumps, uh, jumps off the page to me so far is um, – you kind of got punched in the mouth on the first one yes. and 
And Corey's favorite chapter of Think and Grow Rich, well, every chapter is his favorite chapter is what he tells me as we go through it with, with yeah. coaching, but uh, persistence. Yeah. Um, and can you talk a little bit about, you know, what made you want to be persistent with this? Even though, I mean, real estate, I, I did a couple of flips um, and ours was the opposite. We crushed it on the first one and didn't learn anything from it. Yeah. And lost as much on the second one as we made on the first one. Right. Yeah. So uh, what made you after getting a bad taste in your mouth on the first one, want to be persistent? Was that your background in sports? Was it your natural hardwiring, your military training? What, what allowed you to have persistence? For me, it was my military training. I, I've been hitting the mouth so many times. I, I had failed um, and had to go back and retrain. Um, I, I was I was with the best soldiers in, in the world in special forces. I, I was part of that. I was one of those. And when you're, when every day you're competing with people as good or better than you, you continue to rise every single day and you don't win every time. I did not win every time, you know, in all the competitions, I wasn't the best shooter every day. Sometimes I was, you know, I wasn't the fastest runner every day. Sometimes I was. Um, and I knew getting into real estate or business in general that I didn't have all the answers and I was okay with that. Um, I like what um, Grant Cardone says, you know, is, you won't have all the answers on day one, but you will figure out in route. And that's, that's the kind of approach I take on almost anything without overstepping my, my, my boundaries, not so much my comfort zone, but without overstepping my, my realm of knowledge. I'm a, I'm a decently smart guy and I can figure out a lot on the way to uh, the, the, the end state. So I, I'm, I'm gonna be successful in real estate. That's that what we said on day one. No matter how many times we fail or how many times we lose, we're gonna keep on going. So you're figuring out the what before you figure out the how. Yes. So my why. My why is, you know, for me, it's it's freedom, not just financial freedom. But I, my wife and I, my family, we, we do relatively what we want to do when we want to do it. We have that flexibility now. And, you know, we made a, a good amount of money in the military. You know, we had extra pay benefits and special forces, but I was I was married to the Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gone a lot. So my why is to be home with my family so that we can live the life we want to live. And if that takes losing and getting beat in the face, if that takes, you know, having 10 or 15 great flips or having a terrible tenant for, you know, a certain amount of time, it is what it is. That's what's going to happen. But that's, we're going to endure it. Simple as that. Um, from, from what I understand, uh, from the outside looking in and, and what I've heard, um, Special forces can be really, really hard on marriages and families. Um, That's an understatement. So, you know, <laughs> how have you been able to be in the minority and make that extremely successful? And it sounds like really prioritize that because it, from, from what I understand, it's extremely difficult and rare. It, it is. Um, you know, one thing that made us a little bit different was that, you know, uh, I try to take as much stress off the family as possible. So when I was gone, every, you know, all the bills and that kind of stuff was automated. So the wife didn't have to worry about anything like that. Um, and which it really made us appreciate our, our home together time even more. But yeah, that's, there's a ridiculously high divorce rate, military in general, but also obviously special forces is, is kind of a little bit more because we are gone even that much more. Uh, and the amount of hyper focus that's required of you to be successful at your job, to be able to come home uh, can create a strain. Uh, oh, yes, definitely. You must have, you, you, you've probably got a special wife and family as well. <laughs> uh, you, that, that, again, that's an understatement. My wife is amazing. Um, it, 
I, I'm, she tells me all the time I, I'm really good with stress. You know, I, I don't know if that's a inherited trait or what, but I do well with stress. I don't get overwhelmed. Um, I, I try to stay level-headed and, again, take that pregnant pause to assess everything because usually things are not as bad as you think they are, whether it be, you know, driving a car, being in the Army, uh, you get a bad email from a potential vendor. Usually it's not as bad as you think it is. It may seem bad initially, but you can take the time to really assess it and then think of a counter option or a counter, you know, uh, uh, email or a counter whatever you're going to do. So to, to kind of ease what you think was going to be a bad situation. One thing I love is, is the OODA loop. And I think people don't really take the time to go through that observe, orient, decide, and act. They want to jump – when they get news or inform, new information, they want to jump straight to act. Yes. Uh, and so taking that, that pause that you're talking about is, man, it's huge for being it able is. to manage stress and manage information and, and make informed decisions and, and really just work to – you probably have a very quick OODA loop which has allowed you to be successful and, and process information quickly. Um, but, but most people kind of try to put that action at the front and then they start to observe what happened from their action as opposed to, to doing some observation and, and orientation on the front end. Yeah, I agree. There, there's, you know, some people teach that action is king and, and, and it's action at the right time. You know, if I'm just running through a wall and I don't know why or you know, I can, if there's a better way to do it, then, yeah, I took action, but it, was, it wasn't necessarily the best action. And had you waited another three seconds to really think about what you're doing, uh, you may have saved yourself a lot of heartache and, 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 uh, and more stress. Um, that's good. Um, so transitioning, you've talked a lot about uh, finding a, a good niche and, and specialization. Um, is that something that you also pulled from the military or is that something that's opposite of what you were? Were you kind of a, you had to be really good at a lot of different things and, and, or were you specialized in the military with what you did as well? So, so you nailed it in the military uh, in special forces, we're considered a jack of all trades. Okay. And that sounds great and all, but that's terrible in the business world. Right. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I, I read one of the Keller Williams book. I think it's the one thing that's what he taught. I think it's the name of the book. And that's literally what it is. You know, it's finding, you know, focusing on one thing. And um, I want to say it was in the book that you guys just referenced as far as, far as finding a niche. Um, there's, there's, I'm better being great at one or two things than I am being mediocre at 10 things. Mm -hmm. And, and my, myself, my business, my family are going to benefit more from us being amazing at, residential rentals at uh, short-term rentals and we're, we're really good at those two things yes I can chase there I get phone calls from other opportunities and are you looking to buy a quadplex and, and so on and so forth and now I'm not interested I have found a great thing that we're really really good at we feel like we're the best at what we do at that in my area and we just keep on going with that so you have been listening to Gary V because you're building a brand I love Gary v. around what you do Yes. And becoming just the, the best at it. And that's your, that's your identity for what People, you do and allows you to be successful and weather, weather a storm. So yeah, how, yeah. how can you be, how can you be diversified, but also specialized at like in a time right now, people are getting crushed and people that weren't diversified are, are down 80, 90% or their business is at zero. Uh, yeah. So how can you be specialized, but also diversified? So, so we're unique in almost literally 50-50 split from a, of our portfolio is long-term slash short-term rentals. So, you know, 
uh, our short-term rentals being half of the portfolio, bring in about 72, 75% of total gross income. That's crazy for those, and those are the smaller homes. Hmm. Um, but so, so those short-term rentals have been funding, you know, future operations, a surplus of money. So when this happened, we, we still, I think our um, long-term rentals would cover about 80% of our income, of our expenses, I'm sorry. So all we needed was for those short-term rentals to do a little bit of work and they ended up doing a lot more than, than a little bit of work in this past six weeks because we've kind of changed a little bit of how we do what we do. We've, I've taken more of a hands-on approach because I, you know, I had to kind of lower my expenses. That they can't, you know, I, I, I hate to lower expenses. You know, I think Grant Cardone says, don't lower expenses, raise your income. Well, there's no income to be raised right now. Unfortunately, it just, I don't think he planned for the coronavirus. So uh, the, the long terms kept us floating and now the short terms are killing it again. And we're, we're staying, we're by 82, 85% booked right now for the next uh, three weeks, which is about average for us. How much creativity and adaptability did it take to be able to, to make those changes to your short term model? Well, for me, it seems like nothing, but from talking to the other short-term rental hosts, it, they, none, they froze. They mm. didn't know what to do. Um, and for my wife and I, we knew immediately what to do. All right, well, we, again, expenses gotta be lowered. Where can we cut some costs? Maybe it takes a little bit more labor on our, on our backs to make this work, and we did it immediately. I went out and bought a uh, $4,000 lawnmower and trailer. I'm mowing yards on Friday and Saturdays. We're lowering, uh, you know, I just cut $14,000 off of my uh, expenses for the year, uh, more my own Airbnbs and that kind of stuff. So for me, it, it wasn't hard to think about. We, I'm a, I'm pretty decent on my feet thinking about stuff. I, I did, like I said, take that little pregnant pause and we kind of looked at, I, I pulled up a quick books immediately to see, you know, what is where. And, and we just made the adjustment. I, I made a, a few f tough phone calls and the rest is history. We're, we're doing fine. I have no fear of us failing right now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. AJ, man, I, dude, I've got a bunch of notes here. <laughs> like some of the things you said, like figure it out in route, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Action at the right time. And um, man, just some good stuff there. there. There's two things that I, I picked up on that you talked about there. One is um, I wrote down, you're playing to win the game. You're playing to win, not to lose. There's so many people that are defense mode and hey, we got to be playing offense. And then the other thing is focus. Um, you, you talked about being focused in your work, but it sounds like you had to be focused in your marriage too. And you know, when it comes to to focus, you know, we can go down to Destin, Florida, and uh, we could lay out on the beach for about an hour, and the sun's beating down on us, and we're going to turn like a lobster. I will. Yeah. If I take that same energy, the sun, and I take some glasses and harness that sun and focus it on my skin, I can burn my skin, right? So yeah. you're harnessing that power with your focus. Um, and I, I think that's great stuff. I, you, you also do some coaching, right, with, with people in real estate, and that's, yeah. that's looking to get into that. What do you see as their biggest um, barrier, the biggest thing that holds them back? Well, there's two. Um, number one, and, and first and foremost, is fear. And everyone is, you know, kind of what you just mentioned. You know, you and I are from small town Mississippi, and we have that defense, and we don't want to lose a penny because we we're, we're, we don't have much growing up, and that's how a lot of people, especially in military town, grow up. You know, they join the military because they don't have a lot growing up. <clears throat> so, you have that fear of 
if I pay you know, $50, am I going to get that $50 back? If I, you know, if I do a, a Facebook ad, if I, if I buy a contract, if I, they have that fear of losing and that fear of also failure of that first deal that I did, you know? And so my, my first, my first consultation, well, I do a consultation before we ever sign on to coach. I want to make sure that what I have is good for you. And that's the first thing we talk about. I'm telling them, I tell them straight up, you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. It's not the end of the world. You're going to be okay. But um, so, so the first barrier is fear. The second barrier is what I call this, this microwave culture we're in. Everyone wants it right now. They want results right now. I, you know, um, I watched a YouTube video. I'm ready to be a millionaire right now. And, you know, it takes, it takes two, five, 10, 20 years sometimes, you know, before you figure out what you're good at and you figure out your marketing, you figure out your contracts. It's not instant success. It's not instant oatmeal that you just put, you know, in the microwave for 37 seconds. And, and that's what I say with my clients and, and people in general is I want results right now. You, um, I see a lot of your videos and a lot of it has to do with being financially literate. Yes. Why do you think that's so important? Why do you think that topic is? Well, Corey, I, I, I see it every day. You know, we all see the, the your, your neighbor that you know is probably over leveraged or, you know, you see the kids that uh, have the brand new shoes, but, they're, but their mom or, you know, family's pretty poor the whole year. They're putting money in the wrong places. And I'm not going to say it's anybody's fault. I, I never blame anybody but myself. The school didn't teach me finances. The school did not teach me taxes. The school didn't teach me, you know, assets and liabilities. That's on each individual adult. But if you don't know that what you're doing is wrong and you think that's just the way of life, which is where we're from, that is the way of life. If you don't know any better, you don't know to question anything. You don't know, you don't know that there is a better opportunity, that you can, you know, save 5% of your check for two years and have three months of expenses saved up. That You don't think about that. So, you know, it, it took me getting into books because I never thought of it. Uh, my dad gave me um, uh, a financial book when I was 21 years old, Dave Ramsey. And it taught me to get out of debt. It didn't teach me anything about investing. It didn't teach me anything about growth, but I was out of debt in 22 years old, which is great. Um, there's a better way than what we were, than how, I guess our culture you know, from small town Mississippi, there's a better way to do stuff. But it's not just Mississippi. It's across the country. We're all in debt. We all have new cars. Um, you know how many houses I've bought where the two cars in the driveway were, were, more, were worth more than the house? Many. I bought many <laughs> houses like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. It's a foundational thing. And I want to be able to help people. You're not, not to undermine or try to think I'm bigger and better. Just a simple baseline of, of financial literacy goes a long way, and it's, it's going to benefit people in their next generation. You know, it, it, it literally is a generational thing of, of understanding money or, or not understanding money. Well, there's a level of humility that's required, too, to, to be able to say, I don't know. Yes. And then a layer of, of resourcefulness that's, that's needed to be able to go find the answer or, or find that go back to think and grow rich, go find the person that has the specialized knowledge. They're out there. Mm -hmm. um, but without that humility to say, I don't know, um, you're, you're not going to go find the resources that you need. Yeah. Agreed. You know, most people say, you know, how do you buy those houses or how do you do this or how, how they don't say, you know, what book should I read to, to teach me how to do that? No one ever asked me that. 
ever. It's never been done before. No one has ever asked me what book do I read or where should I start or what seminar or who's a good teacher. None of that. It's how do you buy those houses? I'm, I'm big into hunting and, uh, and go out West a couple of times every year to hunt elk and mule deer. And, and people always ask where, what unit did you hunt? Where did you, you know, not how did you find elk habitat and then find elk? Uh, because you, you really need to find the tools that can help you be successful anywhere. Not where's one honey hole in the state of Wyoming or wherever it may be. Uh, people don't want to know how or how much work it takes. No, people, there, there's, there's a lack of desire for a foundation. I want to start and be at the end in a month and a half. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the culture we live in. Um, but, you know, everything, and I, I teach with my clients, foundation. That's the most important. You know, it's having the LLC set up, having your team of CPA, attorney, all those players that – are not in your business, but they, but definitely assist your business. That's more important than that first phone call coming in. That's why I try to teach my clients that because it's not, here's my LLC, I'm already buying houses. There's more steps into that. And like you said with the hunting, it's, hey, where can I find the help? There's more to it than that, you know? And that's why I try to teach my clients. Yeah, you, you're going to make a lot of mistakes if you, if you, uh, you know, start that LLC the wrong way with the wrong tax structure or what, you know, whatever it may be. Sure. You might give yourself a $3,000 raise by buying, buying a property and you're going to give it straight back with taxes or audits or whatever it may be. I mean, you've yep. got to get, I read a good article the other day, kind of at the beginning of the coronavirus stuff. And it was actually one of the executives from uh, the Sasha group uh, that from uh, Gary V's small business incubator. Um, and, and he said, the fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this is, ex- this pandemic is exposing a lot of businesses that don't have good fundamentals. Yes, it is. Good, good fundamentals and also good financial fundamentals, mm. you know, putting back that one, two, three months of expenses. It, everybody's been exposed right now. Your neighbor's being exposed. You know, everybody's waiting for that, that, uh, stimulus check or whatever. And that's, it's just the wrong answer in my opinion. Cash is oxygen and a lot of businesses are suffocating right now. That's, that's for sure. But it's, um, it's created an enormous amount of opportunity today as well. Yeah. AJ, man, I, I, I felt some passion in, uh, in, in that part of it right there. (laughs) I can tell that you, you passionate about the financial and helping people. Yes. Financial literate. What, what was it that, turn the light bulb on for you like was it a book or, or was it it was literally rich dad poor dad i'm reading that book i've been in business for about a year and a half at this point and you know my cpa always says you need to spend business money for to bring down your tax liability i never understand it. i looked at my wife i said why do i need to spend money i couldn't <laughs> get it and it wasn't until he broke down that, you know Adam, the individual, makes five thousand. The government taxes all five thousand. adam the business makes five thousand but spends four thousand on marketing and, and whatever for the business, Adam only gets taxed on $1,000. That blew my mind, that simplicity. <laughs> and I just started digging and getting more and more. And I read, I think I've read probably six of his, of his books and his series. And every time I'm just picking up nuggets and I'm just want to put it out there and give some, like I said before, if people don't know that they're, they're doing it the wrong way, 
they don't they don't know to even think of of asking where to find or how to. So I just on my little you know my little um, on my YouTube and on my Facebook, I just put out. I use those, that terminology so people can start thinking. You know what is an asset? And like he breaks it down. Rich Dad breaks it down so simple. An asset makes you money. So simple because an asset can kind of scare you if you if it sounds like a big technical term. What's a liability? Well, I'm not sure. Well, it costs you money. So those basic uh, his basic teachings. Um, it got me very interested in it. it. My little light bulb came on and started shining. And I just wanted to share that little shining light bulb to help more people. Yeah. That was the very first book I ever read outside of high school. I don't even know if I read a book in high school, really, but <laughs> that was really the first book. I, and I was reading it. I remember reading it <clears throat> and going to my wife, Kim. I said, can you believe it? Look at this. Like, mine was blown. Like, yeah. nobody's ever told me this, you know? Had I, I always, I kind of joke, had I read that book when I was 20 years old, I'd own my block right now. I, I know so much more. I'd own a couple <laughs> retail stores. I just, you don't know what you don't know. And like you just said, that was the first book. There's, there's the other 300 million Americans who never thought of even asking those questions and thinking about that book. So, you know, me, us putting the information out there, one person may hear this and never considered what you know what their balance sheet is or what their asset column looks like may never consider but but they may think today well we own a house but is it doing anything for us they may they may start the, the gears you know kind of rotating well and you, you're you're always amazed at the people that think hey my my p l looks good why don't i have money in the bank yeah well it's a little different than your balance sheet yeah um, so it you know there's but they you know they don't we don't get taught that uh if we don't go seek out that information Exactly. Uh, for, for sure. I mean, you said you went and bought a lawnmower and I was like, man, he got some good depreciation. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's depreciation, it. tax write-off, the whole thing. So not only am I getting to write off the whole thing, but also it's going to pay for itself in two months. I right. mean, if I want to find a couple more yards or hire my teenage neighbor to go do them for me, I can work all of that. So yeah, yes, I was going to say you can that. get another expense by hiring somebody to do it too and yep. just take all the all the benefits. Yep, yep. I love it. I love the opportunities. But you have to know to look for the opportunities before you find them. So, yeah, that's awesome. Corey actually sent out a, a, a blog post this morning uh, that was talking about um, – you're around opportunity all the time, but you have to be aware that you're, that you're in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about, uh, you know, people say you're talking about growing up with uh, a certain mentality. Well, I was raised with the, with the saying, you got to be in the right place at the right time. Well, it does you no good to be in the right place at the right time. If you lack the awareness that you're even there. Right. So uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, I love that what you're talking about there. So <clears throat> Got a couple of questions on the, on the book. So you've got a book, you published books called First Step, right? So yep. it's a little bit about that. And if I were to buy it, um, what, what would be in there? So I started writing First Step about two years ago. It's called First Step, the quick start guide to building your successful business in real estate. I got to thinking, you know, I have a lot of people that ask me certain questions and I guess it's kind of frequently asked questions. And I, I got to think a little bit deeper and I said, what would I wish I had known on day one starting my business? You know, I wouldn't have wasted seven months trying to get the state of Tennessee to give me a business license. And I wouldn't have been almost late uh, to closing because I didn't have the insurance lined up for that flip. All those little things that, you know, I wish I had known on day one. I started, started typing. I just wrote, I woke up one morning at 430. My brain couldn't, couldn't turn off. I was so amped up about it. And I started writing that book and that's literally what it is. The first step from day one of 
building your team, what software we use to manage everything. Um, negotiations, uh, backwards math on your flipping, you know, how to evaluate potential rental properties. It's everything is in there. It's about uh, maybe 140, 150 pages, maybe a two hour read, but we've had great feedback. People are starting their businesses. They're not scared. They have those steps in front of them and they call me. I have people, I leave my, I put my number in the, in the book. People call me and say, that's awesome, man. I think it's like $4.99. It's on my website. Uh, so I'll send you guys the links, that kind of stuff to put down in the descriptions later on. But download. Uh, right now I have a special, um, one of the excerpts, Chapter 5, which is the five strategies of that we use for acquiring um, real estate. It's now a free download. So I'll put that there. And um, I'm just trying to help people. Just trying to put information out so people can do what we're doing. I, I'm, I don't want people to work their whole lives and not experience, you know, more freedom. You know, we don't live to work our whole lives. It's not what we're on this earth for. Um, but we have to do something about that. We can't just do the 40, 40, 40, you know, 40 years, hopefully 40 hours a week, uh, or 40, yeah, 40 hours a week uh, for $40 an hour. That, it gets you nowhere. It, you're just spinning your wheels like a hamster. So um, great feedback, and I'm excited to be able to help people. Awesome. We're going to put that link in the show notes. So for anyone listening, the, if that appeals to you there, we'll make sure to put his, put the link to uh, Adam's book in the show notes right there. Awesome. Well, if, if I'm brand new and I'm starting out and I'm coming to you, what's the book you recommend? <laughs> First step, the quick start guide to building your successful business in real estate. Nice. All right. Yes, what's sir. the second book? <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Very good. Cool, cool. Go ahead, uh, Logan. It looked like you had a question there. I've got. I'm I'm full of them right now. Uh, <laughs> so just a, a couple of practical things. Uh, we've talked a lot about instant gratification and and how that can cause people to rush into things and make some bad decisions and have poor expectations. Um, what sort of investment horizon or, or return horizon are you looking for when you go into acquiring an asset? Is it a, you're looking for a three year, five year, 20 year, uh, you know, what there's gotta be a return on it at some point. So what's your kind of, what's your horizon that you look for? So well, I have a unique way, like I said, up when I buy the home subject to, I don't put, you know, a hundred thousand dollars into a property. I literally take over a mortgage. I have nothing into the deal. For me, my, my metric is 30% rule. So what I do is whatever my mortgage expense is, I want to add 30% to that and get my rental amount. So $1,000 mortgage, I want to get 1300 in rent. I'll take those all day long, as much as I can fit on, on paper and, and keep on rolling with those. So I have a 30% rule. Um, as far as like the homes appreciating down the road, like, like, like Rich Dad says, appreciation is a bonus. You know, if a home appreciates, fantastic. If it doesn't, you know, I still have cash flow. And that's what we live off. We live off cash flow. Uh, we get the tax benefits. We own the property, so we get the, the depreciation. Um, I, I like to keep my business simple. I don't like to overwhelm myself. I've, re I've read books that have a million calculations in them, and you can overwhelm yourself with uh, the different types of evaluations for ROI and that kind of stuff. 30%. I make 30%. I'm winning all day long. Complexity is the enemy of execution. I'm telling you people and, and that I've seen it happen with clients that call me. Well, they said so-and-so wouldn't do this because of this DTI or something. That's, that's them. You know, if you're don't do someone else's business model, mm. do what your what works for you. And I keep it simple, super simple. What criteria are you looking for? Maybe a couple criteria that make a good, 
subject to acquisition for you? Is there a certain, you know, certain criteria properties that, that you like to specialize in? Great question. Um, it's not so much the properties, it's usually the situation. It's usually the homeowner, they're leaving the area. So one, you have a homeowner that doesn't have uh, enough equity in the property to sell it traditionally with a, with a realtor. So that right there, you know, you're, you're, you're zeroing down on who they can work with. So me being a unique investor, um, I'm, I'm saying yes when everyone, whenever a realtor tells them no. Mm -hmm. So you have that aspect right there. You have, so you have a homeowner that's on a tight timeline usually, one. You have a homeowner that has little to no equity, two. Or you may have a homeowner that's behind a few months. So there's been many times where I'm able to come in and save those, you know, make that back payment of three or four months, structure my contract where they pay me back with interest that $3,000 uh, over the next six to nine months, I get a property. I save their credit. They paid me on top of that for saving their credit. I have a, an asset making me 30% um, every, every month. So yeah, it's definitely unique. Like you, you're not, I'm not, I don't appeal to every seller and I don't look for every seller. I'm a niche buyer. So you're saving somebody from bankruptcy in that, in that scenario. Yeah. Uh, All the time. Is there, is there a certain type of, um, I guess, asset value that you feel like doesn't work? Like if you get into that, four or $500,000 mortgage range that, you know, you you find less opportunities there and this, you like a little bit lower liability if something were to go south and, and spread it out over more properties or do you like, is there kind of a sweet spot that this works well in? So yes, there, there is a sweet spot. Generally speaking in my market, my area, about $220,000 or less. Is, I get those all day long. And in my area, that's going to be your four or five bedrooms, um, maybe even a bonus. What I really, really get a ton of is three beds and a bonus for about 175, 180 price range, give or take. That right there is gonna be a, a starter home for a family that's gonna, it's gonna rent all day long because it has three and an additional space, a one or two car garage. Um, I know I'm gonna rent it the next day after I buy it. I know it's gonna happen, so I'm not scared at all for those. Now the bigger home, obviously, the bigger the mortgage, the bigger the rent, the less talent pool I have to pull from, from potential tenants. So I may, if I have to go for those, and I do, I may structure the deal where the homeowner may float the mortgage for another two months after I acquire it to give me the time to, to market and find that qualified mm -hmm. tenant because I have a much less uh, talent, a, lower, a smaller talent pool with a higher rent. So yeah, there, there's, there's yeah. a lot of- There's not gonna be as many renters that, that are, and in terms of that, income pool that's required. And Correct. also those people are typically buying a house if they're in that income pool. Correct. Yep. So that now you're also in Tennessee, uh, not the highest cost of living area in Tennessee. So, you know, that range uh, is going to, is going to be quite different. If you go to Nashville, Atlanta, yes. Birmingham, you're, you're primarily what you're looking for is, a three bed, two bath with a bonus type of starter home. Um, that's going to be a, a nice place, safe place. And, um, so that may be a 400, $500,000 place in Atlanta or Nashville. Yeah. Um, got it. Or California. So we should, yeah. so like I should look to do something in California and live my Mississippi cost of living and make California rent. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I kind of a different subject. I would be, I personally will stay clear of California for landlord rules. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I won't mess with part of it. I won't mess with California, New York, or Illinois, or even anywhere up northeast. I won't touch them. I don't care how good the deal is. Again, I'm a niche guy. I'm really good in the south, southeast. They're really uh, uh, landlord friendly laws. So that's something to be consider uh, considered of when you're looking to start acquiring rental properties. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, my, my wheels are turning. I'm married to a realtor. So, you know, I'm just thinking all the people that they have to turn away to list their house, you I'm know, maybe that goes straight into the, into the, Hey, we got another route you could go. That's, um, I, so some of my clients are realtors themselves and, mm -hmm. and they had no, they, they didn't know what to do with those, those phone calls. I said, no. I'm about to teach you how to say yes in a different manner. Yeah. And they're, they're picking up properties. AJ, one thing I love, something that you said right there, man, um, is your mindset. Uh, you know, the biggest gap between successful people and unsuccessful people is in their mindset. You, you talked about an example just a few minutes ago of, you know, <clears throat> where uh, somebody else may have said, well, that wouldn't work. Or you say, well, how can we make it work instead of that's a dead end. It, we can't do that. You said, well, how? And you figured out a way. And that, that's the biggest gap is, is that mindset gap. Um, taking it just a, a, another uh, route here, I, I'm curious, you're in the special forces, right? <laughs> so <clears throat> there's obviously a mindset that has to be with that too. But when you, when you signed up for the military, what was it that said, you know what, I want to be in the special forces. What, what, what caused that train of thought? That's an easy answer. I knew I was going to war and I want to be around the best soldiers I could possibly be with. Simple as that. Um, maybe for a different podcast, your, <laughs> your, your average, your, your, I might piss some people off. Your average soldier is average. We'll say that. Um, and I wouldn't want to be at war with a lot of people that I see walking the streets in a uniform. I want to be around the guys that, uh, have my back. They're going to do everything that you ask them to do. And not only that, they want to be there. Uh, a lot of people in the military, they're there for a job, not because they want to be there. Um, that's what a lot of civilians don't know because you know, you're on the outside looking in. So yeah, without pissing too many people off, I knew I was going to go to war and I want to be around the best guys. Uh, I was not in the military, but I consume a lot of military podcasts and literature and, um, uh, a big Jocko fan. Uh, I like love Andy that dude. Uh, I don't know if you know Andy Stump is. He's got a podcast called Cleared Hot. Pretty good. Um, several of these guys that have gotten gotten out and shared some of the some of the insights. Uh, but special forces play offense. Yes, that's you're not playing defense when when they send you somewhere. We're we're trying to find and eliminate, not not hold up a defensive position. Hope they don't come for us. I'm right. trying to find and eliminate. You're not on gate duty when no. you go overseas in your special forces. So <laughs> I think that kind of stays true to your to your nature from from what I've heard today. As you like to play offense, that's you know that's an easy transition. I, I do, and uh, I had another guy ask me about you know something similar as far as mindset and and one thing unique about us special forces, Navy SEALs, you know those those top tier go getters is what I'll call them is that. There's literally one metric to each mission. That's mission success. It doesn't care who we had to use. If I wasn't good enough for the for the mission, let me fall back. But at the end of the day, it's mission success. And it doesn't matter how we got there. It doesn't matter who, who killed the bad guy or who did what. Were we successful? Did we come home with all of our guys? Yes or no? Simple as that. Mm -hmm. 
That's good stuff. Well, AJ, man, dude, you have dropped some gold uh, <laughs> this whole thing right here. I, I, I don't know about Logan. I feel like we could talk for another two hours, but uh, it's been really good. We, we may need to do a, a second episode or a third or fourth coming up too. But I'd love uh, to. I know Logan's got some questions he likes to ask, wrapping it up, uh, rapid fire type questions. But before he does, AJ, uh, if if people want to reach out to you for real estate coaching or find out more about you, how would they do that? Where would they go? So I, I put a lot of info, uh, information and energy on YouTube at REI Simplified. Um, that's for Real Estate Investing Simplified, um, where we just give you know, like I said in the, about the book, all the information we can give that we wish we had known on day one, you know, that is really going to benefit people to get their foot in the door, you know, how to overcome objections. It's everything we dealt with from subject to dealing with tenants to finding great handyman, you know, all the stuff that you're not sure where to start with on day one. So YouTube, REI Simplified. Um, my website is reisimplified.co. We're currently uh, hanging documentation on there. We're creating some courses on there to really, again, have uh, a resource for up-and-coming investors with that doesn't cost thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. Because I have spent over two point eight million dollars in my business to learn what I've learned, um, and I'm not exaggerating that number. I can show you on QuickBooks, um, but I want to be able to give people information. It's not going to break the bank. So we have that resource there, and then. <clears throat> My email is always on my phone is adam at joepro, J-O-P-R-O, investments.com. So anybody can email me if I can help. I That's that's my mission in life right now is to help people start their journey to achieve, you know, what they thought they couldn't achieve. That, that's, that's rewarding right there. Mm, that's good, man. Well, uh, Logan, hit him with some of our rapid fire real quick. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, well, if you're if you're listening to Gary V, or you, it sounds like you're putting a lot of content out um, and and taking some action. You on TikTok yet? I am not super active on TikTok. <laughs> he he me either, it. But but I just had a I just had a conversation with a real high integrity uh, guy looking for a summer job in high school, and I said, Hey, I need you to do some video work, some photo uh, photography work, and I need you to get us on TikTok so that we can get some content out. I'm 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 slacking, so. Got to take some action. Are you on there yet? No, no, I'm okay. not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, but I, but I, I'm hiring it out though, so that I can be. Got to got to get where the eyes are. Yeah, con, as as Gary says, content is king, and it really is. Yep. Um, Good or bad, put it out there. So, um, what is one thing that you knew to be true in the last five to ten years in either business or life that you came to realize is not true? Oh, man, I was not ready for that. That's an amazing question. And what is one thing that I knew to be true that was not true? Okay. Um, millionaires are not evil people. Mm. Because you have money does not make you an evil person. It, literally, money magnifies who you are. And if you're a dirtbag, give you more money, you're going to be a bigger dirtbag. Um, so I was, you know, we looked up at, at politicians and, and Bill Gates and millionaires and people with money as they must be doing something wrong to, to screw people over. And that's not the case at all. Um, I've met some very, actually most people I've met, most of the bigger millionaires are great people and they want to give, give back and, and hand ups to people that they see that want to benefit and, and better themselves. So that's the biggest one is that money does not make you a dirtbag, and you don't have to be a thief to be a millionaire. 
Love it. Money's a magnifier. Uh, I feel the same way about money and, and alcohol. Uh, You know, alcohol is going to magnify. If you're an angry drunk, you might just be an angry person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's a, that was a uh, great question though, man. I, that's up there. That's, uh, a, that's a tough one, man. Exactly. If, you, if you had a billboard that everyone in the world could see, what would it say? All right. Oof. If I had a billboard that everyone could, okay. You ready for this? Here's, here's my one liner. There is no growth in your comfort zone. Simple. Like that's what I, that's what I would put if I could have one message to the world. That's good stuff. I've got a couple more, Corey. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I, my head, my head, I'm scared. You know, like, so, so um, what, what are you doing to stay in shape? So, obviously, all the gyms are shut down. Um, thank God for Amazon. We ordered some strap, uh, the, uh, the bands. We ordered the TRX band. Uh, thank God the weather's great right now to go out and run. So, we try to do what we can four to five days a week, and it's we're, I'm not as in shape as I was in the army, but I'm not fat right now, and that, that, that's a blessing. That's right. Uh, Corey, Corey's trying to get me to train for a half Ironman with him, and I said I got to keep my fast twitch muscle fibers for soccer going. There you go. But I've been challenging him to uh, do some stuff, some uncomfortable stuff, because we've been we've been watching some Goggins, and uh, he won't come take a cold swim in my 63 degree pool with me. So I'm not sure what's up. 63 is cold. It is cold, but you have my interest. I, I'm very intrigued by this, by the the cold swim stuff. Hey, I feel great. I feel great. I've been, I've been, uh, and and we talked last week uh, with with Tanny about um, some things that we could do to boost our immune system during co- coronavirus. And I actually saw some literature confirming we had talked about uh, heavily increasing vitamin D intake since we've been mm-hmm. inside. Uh, saw some some literature come out about that, but also the benefits of cold therapy. Uh, and I think part of the reason I'm feeling great is because I've been taking five, uh, about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D every day and getting a cold swim. So, so I did on that fitness uh, topic, I did start fast. I do intermittent fasting. Now I began that March 3rd. I've lost nine pounds. Um, you know, I have my 17 hours of fasting, my seven hours of eating. I can eat what I want. I just finished a three day fast. It was it wasn't miserable. It, I learned a lot, um, but I gorged. I ate so much food last night in that 72 hours. So, but I'm losing weight. I feel really good about it, and my body gets to reset. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I want everybody to make sure they caught what he said. Three day. Three days. Mm-hmm. 72. Yeah. Water and coffee. That was it. Yeah, I did. So I did my first 24 hour fast about a year ago. Uh, I've always, I've got a really high metabolism. So I've got, I've got to pack in calories to not Mm -hmm. lose weight. Um, People don't like to hear that, but that's just, that's (laughs) just wait till till you're 35 and then come see me. But that's just kind of, kind of how I am. Um, So I had never done intermittent fasting or fasting. So I started toying with intermittent and I was like, you know what? I got a road trip today. I'm just going to do water and coffee and try to get the full 24. Uh, I was feeling pretty good at 16. I was like, I'm going to just take it, take it home. Um, and then I ate like two meals for dinner and I was amazed at how my body processed that and took all of those nutrients and used them. Uh, you know, it was, it was, there wasn't any waste. 
Yeah. Um, and I was re- did you experience the same thing? Yep. So, so what I do, I do the, the daily intermittent fasting on the 17 by seven split. Mm-hmm. I do a 36 hour, uh, from Sunday night to Tuesday morning every week. Again, it's just reset. And I find that I'm not super hungry. You know, I, I want to eat because my brain says it's time to eat, but my body's okay. So it's, it's unique, but I, I, I like doing it. It's a challenge, but also when I'm losing weight, but I'm also saving a little bit of money. <laughs> I'm not, not buying all the food that I would typically buy because I eat a lot when I, you know, I'm a healthy guy. I'm an yeah. active guy, but man, I can eat whenever it's time. So you can put it, put it down. I can, yeah. my goodness. Well, you're getting all kinds of good benefit, cellular, cellular autophagy and all kinds of good stuff. You know, I don't know if you're testing any markers or anything, but I, I mean, but if you do a once or twice a year physical, like you're going to see some, some pretty nice improvements. I, I probably should go do a physical. I, have, I haven't done anything, uh, no testing since out of the army. You just, just feel good. I just, I feel really good. <laughs> Put on a little uh, bit of face weight till all right. <laughs> all right. I gotta, I gotta ask what's your everyday carry. My everyday carry. Are you talking about my, my weapon? What are you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I, carry, wanna... I carry a, a 9 mil XD, a 3-inch concealable. And okay. I, I've had it for a while. I love it because, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's a gun show now, but I like it because it's got the – <laughs> I'm stretching my own itch right now. <laughs> you know, I, I like because it's got the double safety. It's uh, yep. the XD, if you're familiar, it's got a, a grip yep. safety and a trigger safety. So, you know, I, I don't think the kids would ever touch it. They, yep. I, I teach them gun safety, but that's that's my choice for every day. I like I, I like the loaded barrel indicators on those too. Exactly. I don't yep. get that. I don't get that with the. Uh, I, I like Glocks, um, mm-hmm. but I, a lot of times I'll, I'll run a I'll run a M and P nine um, the the shield because my wife likes the safety, and so if I can convince her to carry it, then now yeah. we've got interchangeable mags. And we don't have kids, so. Uh, but you don't get the loaded barrel indicators with those. Yeah, so. we we, uh, we carry the. I think it's the twenty six, the Glock twenty six. What we carry in special forces, loved yep. it. But yep. there is no safety. No, it's no, not. I, it's no, not it's well, there not. is. It's right here. Yeah, that's my safety. That's safety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like my I like my seventeen. I listened to uh, uh, going out to Montana pretty soon uh, for a kind of a, a hunting seminar type type deal and uh i was kind of worried about like do i need to get a 10 millimeter for bears or whatever and listen was listening to a podcast and they said actually the second best testing round for bear defense um and all of their testing was nine millimeter with um some some buffalo bore ammunition um hard case to get the penetration but that you actually need that uh you need the round speed of the nine to penetrate uh to penetrate bear, it performed much better than a 45 or a 40. Not right. the same case for, I think, self-defense with, with human. I think that's a little bit different tissue composition than a, than a grizzly bear. Uh, that's interesting. But, I wouldn't have thought I that. I was blown away. I thought, yeah. I thought, you know, a 40 or a 40, I really thought a 40 would perform well with the combination of speed and bullet weight, but they said that 40 and 45 were, were trash. Nine millimeter performed as well as 357 and 44 Magnum. What? I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, and you get the benefit of uh, ha- having a semi-auto, so you can carry a lot more lot more rounds. Anyway, nice. our audience probably doesn't care about that, so Corey, <laughs> you want to clip it all out. I'm scratching my own itch right no, now. No, that's good, man. <laughs> I think we're showing our versatility. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I, I, I am a hobby-rich person. Nothing wrong with that, man. Enjoy life. 
Well, uh, AJ, man, I greatly appreciate the uh, you coming on, man. I've, I've learned a lot. I've got, like, seriously, three little pages of notes right here. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's good stuff. I know anyone – I know you guys taking a listen have learned a lot, and uh, thank you guys for taking a listen. Hey, if this has added value to you, uh, subscribe to it. Give us a rate or review and share it with a friend or family member. Reach out to Adam Johnson. And, Logan, you want to sign us off? Absolutely. As you go about your your life this week, ask yourself, would you recommend yourself as a spouse, uh, business partner, employee, team member, son, daughter, parent? Would you recommend yourself? And it'll revolutionize the way you live your life. Nice.